Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> Why is that country voice? Oh, because I had, I was just thinking the whole time you're about to hit record that I don't want to say hey guys, and I just exploded. <laughs> I couldn't hold it in any longer. He's got to say hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> oh. How do you greet people? What do you say to people? Hello. I guess that's normal. <laughs> I just wave. Hi. Just a translator or a podcast. For Someone on Sunday did say that when I am at distance, I'll wave before I say anything. But my wave isn't a real wave. It's just a. Do we do the Wonder noodle. Years wave? It's just the. The Wonder Years wave. Just the limp wrist. Yep. Last night I was at a Gophers basketball game, and I was texting back and forth with a pastor on the other side, and. Uh, all of a sudden, I found myself waving aggressively so yeah. he could see me. And I just, all of a sudden, I just felt less. Why'd you need to be seen? Because he was looking. He was texting me, where are you? There I am. It's me. It was like the camera was on me, except it was on just one person. <laughs> oh. I went to a Timberwolves game a decade ago with Jeremy Garnet, part of our church community. And uh, we sat directly behind a man wearing an American flag suit. Good. And uh, his main concern was that we would never be on camera. Hmm. We weren't. The American flag guy was. <laughs> I just hide behind the flag guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're back with another Behind the Message podcast. And today we're still in our series. The what Neighbor Paradox. series about? <laughs> The neighbor we, paradox. We recorded so good, much last week that my yeah. brain is just mush. This past week, we uh, did an overnight planning into our focus for 2020. Did you get that? Focus 2020. Focus. Perfect vision. For <laughs> uh, say, our 2020 vision. So, interruption. Who who did you tell the joke to, Greg? Because it what was joke? very dad. You told Catherine. Uh... The 2020 vision? The 2020 vision. What is the joke? She told me the other day that you told her, and I was like, Greg is I just made a bunch of a those dad. jokes. Yeah. Saying, we're going to do a year-long series called the 2020 vision. Seen clearly. Yeah. Our vision is going to be 2020. Clear vision. We are not doing any of that. No. But I did buy all the website... <laughs> 2020 vision. Conference titles. Yeah. yeah. Trademarked them. 2020.church. Yeah. Oh boy. So we got away and did a bunch of planning about this coming year, and then we recorded, I don't know, 10 or f- more. More than that. I think 10. 10. 10 podcasts, answering the questions, ask a pastor anything podcast questions. And Did you say ask a predator anything? I don't think so. That might have been a slip. No. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, ask a pastor anything, and uh, we, yeah, so we've recorded a lot of podcasts this week. Yeah. It was good. But today we jump into meeting needs of our neighbors. Yeah. And it's sponsored by the new Cybertruck by Tesla. Yeah, oh, oh, boy. It's beautiful. It looks they like, gave up. It looks like Star Fox. <laughs> Pinewood Derby electric truck. time since I've had a normal voice. You're getting closer. Listen to you. Do you think I'm not there? Oh, you're almost there. You're at 97.5%. That's pretty good. 
was at negative ten percent for a month. I don't think you've ever been to a hundred, so uh, that's that's fair. You're getting there. Today we're jumping into the need needs meeting so needs of our neighbors. This the series is Meet uh, needs is. Uh, Cumulative? No, what is the word? Yeah, it's cumulative. Yeah. It adds up. Yeah. Each week kind of builds on the previous week, and yeah. you can take stuff from this week, but it gets even better if you think about the first and second. First week we talked about Jesus puts himself into people's lives. Yep. Last week we talked about... Jesus doesn't just pass by. He doesn't just walk by. He really decides to jump into people's lives to get invested. Last yep. week we talked about Jesus... Knows people. Knowing and being known. Knowing and being known. Yep. That's a really important part of being an, a neighbor, a good neighbor. No meeting needs. And this paradox thing is all about to be a really good neighbor biblically is kind of uncomfortable. And cultural neighbor and biblical neighbor, they're different. Yeah, cultural neighbor, a really, you can be a great, a better than average cultural neighbor and really the main category that you're checking is you're invisible. It's like, I know they're there. Their house is neat. They don't have cars and junk out front. I wave to them every time I see them at the mailbox. (laughs) They are smiley. Yep. But pleasant and, uh, um, but distant. Distant. And Christ-like neighbor is, is in deep tension to that. In your face. And the reason that these things need to really pile up together is next week we're going to talk about uh, wanting the best for for our neighbors, calling them to even change. Jesus, in wanting the best for his neighbors, he calls them to change, to, to be their best, to walk from sin, to follow him. And uh, that's, that is a, in its own thing, is a, is a cultural challenge to call people out. <laughs> but... If you call people out and you don't know them at all, uh, what a mess. If you haven't met needs, if you don't care for them. Isn't that what the church has done forever? It has been. So there's some, the, the reason why is because it's easier. If you call out a stranger and they don't have a good response, you can walk away and go, I did it, Jesus. I'm, I've reached people. And they didn't respond well, and, uh, but I'm doing your will. And there, but there's no consequence because you'll never see them again. So in that, you can have the best intentions. Yeah, but maybe the, if you but if you do those if you do something awkward or odd or off-putting to your neighbor, uh, somebody has to move or die. Yeah, and uh, and so it can be our a evangelicals uh, push to be evangelistic can be the easiest outlet is to reach out to strangers. Actually, the easiest is to go to foreign countries. That's beautiful, but, uh, but um, and I think we should do that, but the, the challenge is, is that it's gotta be, uh, Jesus's heart shows that he is connecting, he's reaching out, he's building relationship, he's calling people out that he's closest to. Mm. In fact, Jesus talks about it. He, he says, man, a prophet has no respect in his backyard, and uh, even Jesus felt the the tension of calling out his neighbor. Mm. But today we're talking about meeting needs. I don't know. We I this is a. I think meeting needs is 
there's several layers in it. I think it's really easy to go, I know what my neighbor needs and I'm going to do it to them or for them. And uh, if you've ever had somebody do something that you didn't need, it's pretty odd. Hmm. Um, or the other end of it is to go, well, my neighbor doesn't really need anything and not do anything. Hmm. I, think I think both both those are odd. I just When you talk about meeting needs, one of the first places my head goes to is the... Uh, Maybe this isn't the best illustration, but the the person who gets a coffee and needs to n- know that the barista saw them give them a tip. Hmm. And so you like, oh, you weren't looking, and then wait till they look and then put the cash in the jar. This is in the you. same way, like, you know, if you're mowing your neighbor's lawn, you do it when they're home or so that they know. Yeah. Well, part of our conversation this coming Sunday is going to be to the complexity that uh, bouncing off of Maslow's... Maslow's? Maslow's, sorry. Maslow's. Maslow's... Hierarchy of of needs. Yes. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. um, uh, It's easy to assume that what everybody needs is the most elemental or the most simple. You know, they need... You know, I'm going to find people that need food and I'm going to give them food and I'm going to find people that don't need food and I'm going to give them food Uh, and meals are radically different having a meal with somebody is radically different than giving them food yeah (laughs) sure it needs a different need I would say yeah and so um, what what changes when your neighbors uh, don't need the lowest level of or the most elemental level of need Maslow says it's uh uh, physical safety or, or uh, oh that's just the physiological needs so air water shelter those things safety needs love and belonging esteem and then self-actualization well what what happens when somebody's needs are on the higher end uh, that they're looking for you know status recognition freedom or friendship intimacy family deeper connection as opposed to Dirty hot dogs. Culturally, dirty. culturally, a good neighbor is one who meets the physiological needs. And biblically, uh, a good neighbor goes deeper than the physiological and builds relational and meets relational needs. I don't even know if a good neighbor would meet phys- physiological needs. If it's needed. Yeah. Maybe. I'd say in the extent that Jesus... I mean, maybe let someone people. borrow a cup of sugar, but... Yeah. I mean, Jesus definitely fed people. I know, we're saying good, you said good neighbor, though, not well, Christ-like neighbor. Well, Christ-like neighbor sees, actually sees the need, and a cultural neighbor would just say, I'm going to meet needs that um, I'm comfortable with, and that doesn't make them feel uncomfortable. Well, I think part of the difference is a meet needs is, for me, a lot of times when it's that lower level. It doesn't require, it requires a little bit of time, a little bit of money, but there's no long-term implications. So if I go find my neighbor who is struggling financially and I provide a meal, give them a meal once. Yeah. um, Well, it's a good thing to do, and it probably meant a lot to them. I would say there's equal goodness feeling in me, like I did something Mm. good. Yeah. But... A, to meet a deeper level of need in people's lives it usually requires a lot more and then we actually end up getting probably less satisfaction 
Yeah. Well, especially More sacrifice. For yeah, sure. satisfaction is tied to uh, bang for the buck. You know, again, you can shelter somebody for a night or feed them for a day, um, and that's has a starting and a stopping point. Um, you can pay somebody a bill for somebody, and that has a start and a stop point, a mark of success. But as people have need for hope, as people have need for uh, connection, relationship, for um, help with anxiety, all those types of things, you can't just go, hey, I went down to Costco and got you one of those huge pizzas. Hopefully this gives you hope and connection and walk yeah. away. The reality for our culture is, too, that myself included, a lot of people don't feel comfortable inviting people into the higher levels of need. Yeah. It's much easier for me to just allow people to maybe bring me groceries if I would need it. Or I mean, we've had people bring us groceries when we first moved into our house. Scott coming to help me do stuff on my house. Those are easy for me to allow people into. But mm. to go deeper than that is a lot more vulnerable. And we see Jesus throughout the New Testament. He pushes those boundaries, essentially helping people see that their deeper needs are there. Mm. Um, I, I kind of feel like the... I, I feel this tension in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and there's this implication that needs me, need to be met from the bottom up to some degree yeah. when I hear that talked about. And I feel this tension with... We talked probably two or three years ago, we showed a video that talked about people that are uh, experiencing addiction, and it talks about this study of these rats, and when a rat was alone in a cage, and it was provided, provided water with, laced with drugs, I think it was heroin, something bad, uh, they got addicted really quickly. But if this rat was in a, living around other rats in a good version of a rat life, mm even though they would take the drugs every once in a while, it wasn't, it wasn't addiction on the same level. Yeah. And I wonder if it's, there's this tension is like, do needs need to be met from the bottom up according to Haslow's hierarchy needs or can impacts in meeting needs other places, can it impact the rest of someone's life? Yeah. Well, we're going to ask the question. It, I mean, there are a lot of uh, psychologists, developmental psychologists, that have different views of Maslow and his perspective. But something that we can definitely agree on is that needs change from physical, external things to internal, spiritual things. And a question, what changes as your neighbor's needs move from physical to internal? I would say that their needs don't actually change. Hmm. It's us that changes. Like sometimes I think we can meet in the act of meeting physical needs we can discover deeper spiritual needs yeah um, so I think the change happens within us as we get to know needs better well, I think that in order to meet needs that are internal as opposed to external you actually have to know your neighbor you don't have to know them very well at all to meet the lowest levels of need Unless they're not, unless their needs aren't visible. That's, I mean, yeah. Which, the most invisible would be internal, generally. Yeah. I just mean, like, you living in your building. Yeah. People's, pro you can't look at somebody's grass and see, oh, it needs to be cut. Yeah. Nope. Or, but you can look at people's cars in the basement. 
Hey, that car needs to be washed. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing. Jesus, uh, some some foundation to give us to, to look at how, how we can be Christ-like. I love how Jesus met needs that had to be met over and over again. You know, I would like to, sometimes I can get singularly focused. Like, I'm going to focus on this need because... It's really efficient. It's going to go a long ways, and it's going to meet a need forever. But Jesus fed people, and like the feeding of the 5,000 or the 4,000, uh, Jesus, um, the wine at the wedding feast, all these things are things that uh, ran out or that people could be, were hungry or thirsty soon. And uh, I think that's a miracle in Jesus meeting needs, that he would meet a need that is just very templar, temp is tied to a short period of time. I love that Jesus also met needs that changed trajectory of life. So this, like, externally. I think so many of his healing stories, like, radically changed the direction of people's lives. Mm. And uh, so, you know, giving them food, that's cool. That can build faith. But when Jesus heals the blind man that was screaming out to him, I mean, that radically changed his trajectory of his life. And then when Jesus, um, the man is lowered through the roof, paralyzed man, lowered through the roof uh, right in front of him, Jesus says, ah, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. And so here Jesus is addressing an internal need that may not even been, may not have even been understood or perceived. He then did heal him so that he could take his mat and go home. But I just wonder, like, does, does that guy... 20 years after that happened, uh, as he processed and internalized that forgiveness of sins and heard about, maybe even seen Jesus' dying and his resurrection again.